Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and today's show is going to be very interesting. It's going to be a little controversial and definitely exciting. So thanks for tuning in. The pro-life issue is one that has been close to my heart for many years. So why is this issue important? Every biological evidence of life begins at conception, and from the moment of conception, the baby has its own unique DNA, making it a unique, living human person. By the time most abortions are performed, the unborn baby has a beating heart, she has brain waves, and all her biological systems are present and functioning in some capacity. Even though the medical evidence is clear that all babies being aborted are living human beings, we continue to kill one million or more babies every single year in this country through abortion. Between 50 and 75 million babies have been killed in the United States since the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. Unborn babies are not the only victims of abortion. Women deal with clinical depression for decades after abortions, and many more encounter health problems that they never knew they would have as a result of their abortions, including increased risks of breast cancer and many other types of cancer. With that in mind, I want to introduce to you our guest today. We're interviewing Lila Rose of Live Action. Most of you will remember some of the videos that came out last year where Lila exposed different executives in the abortion industry of unbelievable atrocities. We're going to talk to her about that and several other issues today. Well, Lila, thank you for being on the show today, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Nate. Tell us a little bit about yourself, live action, and why you do what you do. Sure. Well, I am a 23-year-old recent UCLA grad, and I head up the pro-life youth-led new media group, Live Action, and we're a national group devoted to exposing the injustices of the abortion industry and lobby through visual media, investigative journalism, other tools. We're also the leading social media movement for young people. We create resources like the National Pro-Life Magazine, The Advocate, and educational training videos and seminars for young people to lead and equip the next generation to stand up for life on their high school, college, and in their churches and in their community. So... We um, do both the oppositional research and the proactive leadership for our young people. And our goal, ultimately, in all of this, and my goal, I've dedicated my life to this since I was a young girl, is to end abortion and to build a culture of life in our country. Wow, that's phenomenal. When did your passion for this topic begin? I come from a wonderful family. I, I was born and raised in San Jose, California. And I was one of eight children, so we were raised to be respectful and to really love and cherish all ages of life. My parents instilled in me a sense of love and respect for human life based, of course, on a deep faith. I was raised in a Christian family. So that set the foundation. And then when I was a young girl, when I was nine years old, I found out about abortion. I stumbled across this book about abortion in my family's home where I read about it. And I saw some images in the book that showed the victim of an abortion at only 10 weeks old that had been killed, you know, with little arms and little legs, little tiny form face that had been killed by a first trimester abortion. So the nine-year-old girl... I was so stunned by this, and I was so saddened, and I just, I thought, how could anybody do this to a baby? Is this real? Is this really happening in our country? Is this really happening even in San Jose? And I discovered as I got older that, yes, it was. This was abortion. It's an incredible injustice and attack on human life. There's over a million abortions a year legally in our great country, and I realized that this was 
the battle. This is the battle of a generation. And I believe it's the greatest battle that our nation has ever faced because we are killing in the greatest numbers the most innocent and the weakest members of society. So imagine if we were living at the time of, you know, Nazi Germany, what would you do? Would you try to speak out on behalf of those that were led away to be killed, those that were being persecuted, or would you just allow it to continue and, and not do anything about it? And today we're facing our own Holocaust, except it's the killing of those that are completely defenseless, absolutely no way to run away from the surgical instruments of the abortion, and it's happening in enormous numbers, over a million a year. So all that to say, I got older, I wanted to do something at 15 years old, I started live action in my living room as a group of high school students to discuss how we were going to educate our peers, and we developed a multimedia pro-life presentation to give at churches and local schools, and then from there, we've been developing our organization so it was all born out of when I was a young girl and I discovered about this atrocity and I realized I could not be silent, I could not be inactive, that I would dedicate my life for the defense of my unborn brothers and sisters and ultimately for the protection of our great country so that our country can flourish. We were founded on the right to life. We were founded to protect the lives of all people. And if we're not protecting the most innocent among us, then our nation cannot survive. So this is a matter of life or death for many, and it's also the matter of the survival of what I believe is one of the greatest nations to ever have existed in the history of mankind. I'm glad that you found your purpose so early in life, and no matter what someone thinks of your position on these issues, and specifically the pro-life issue, it's hard to imagine how anyone could disagree that you are an ambitious and effective leader, and that you've done more than most people have done in a lifetime in just a few years. It's frankly amazing. So how have you accomplished so much in such a small amount of time? All of it, I think, has been born out of a spirit among our small team and our growing team of young people of complete dedication, where we're willing to sacrifice what we need to sacrifice, whether it's, you know, little conveniences or a time or, um, you know, give of our whatever talents we might have for our unborn brothers and sisters and for women and for families and for our country. And I put my complete trust in God when I was a young girl. I dedicated my life to God, and I asked him to use me for his purposes. And that's a dangerous prayer for any <laughs> person to pray. <laughs> Lord, use me for your purposes, because he will. He wants to. And it's his generosity and it's his love that cooperates with our wills to help and serve others. And it's a great gift to us to be able to be used in the will of our perfect and loving Father to bless others and to help others. So all that to say is it's been a wild ride, a wonderful ride, the battle for life is God's battle. The battle for souls is God's battle. And we are just trying to cooperate to do our part. So what about Durango? How does Durango fit into the overall purpose of what you're doing? What's happening in Durango is huge because uh, very bravely activists there and lifeguard are taking a stand at what I believe is one of the ground zeros in the abortion debate and the abortion battle in our country. Because hospitals, first of all, are a place of life-giving and life protection. That's what they should be. That's what they're created. That's what they're built to do, right? And hospitals of faith, like a Catholic or a Christian hospital, their whole purpose is to serve and to protect and to nurture because people, human beings, are so valuable and so important. They're made in the image of God. But the fact that we have in Durango a Catholic hospital, Mercy Regional Medical Center, that is instead of protecting life completely like it's meant to do and preserving life, is employing an abortionist on its premises. 
that is a notorious local abortionist who's responsible for killing uncounted numbers of innocent and completely defenseless unborn children is an incredible outrage and atrocity. And that's why I'm so excited to join the efforts of Lifeguard and others in Durango who are not willing to allow this to continue, who are standing up and speaking out against it. Because if we allow our hospitals of faith, our Catholic hospitals, to employ and cooperate with abortionists, who are committing incredible sin and incredible human rights abuses, then we are headed down completely the wrong path, and that hospital is doing what is antithetical to what it was built to do, which is to protect life. And I think that their efforts are so important because they're standing in ground zero of the the battle to fight to protect our faith-based hospitals to do what they're built to do and not to endorse practices that take innocent life. Dan, if you're listening, I love you and respect you a ton for all you do with Lifeguard. Dan is the director of Lifeguard, and we were praying together this morning. Dan, you're a friend, and I, too, am extremely proud of what you do and glad for the stand you're taking. So, Lila, tell me, how big of a problem is abortion in America? I know you quoted a statistic. I know a lot of your research and undercover work has gone to the next level to really define this issue. How bad is it? It's horrific. I mean, you cannot understate the urgency and how extreme the situation is in America. And every day it becomes more urgent because every day the death toll continues. And we have over 3,200, and these are only the reported abortions. Huge areas of our country don't even report the abortion numbers to the government. But even the reported abortions are at over 3,200 a day. Legal killings of our innocent and completely defenseless unborn brothers and sisters. So imagine with me for a minute if it was legal to kill two-year-olds in our country and if set up across the country were thousands of centers that tortured to death two-year-old children and they were killed at the numbers of over 3,200 a day. There would be no rest in our legislatures, in our churches, in our media to expose and to attempt to stop that great injustice. But that very thing is happening, except it's happening to children that are two and a half years younger, and it's happening in a very hidden and and quiet way where it's happening behind closed doors. These children are enclosed in the bodies of their mom. They're not seen by society. But nonetheless, they're being killed, tortured to death, really, in many of these procedures each day. And then the other aspect of that, of course, is the toll that this takes on our women, on our young women, on our families, on fathers, on fathers that never could father their children because they've been aborted. So abortion in this way affects all of us because we're missing people. We're missing daughters and sons, brothers and sisters, grandchildren, classmates for our younger generation. People are missing in our country because they've been slaughtered, they've been killed. And the urgency and the gravity of this should never be ignored. That said, you know, my organization, many pro-life activists, we continue to check ourselves, and as Christians, we should continue to check ourselves. Are we responding to the urgency of this killing? Are we living out our Christian faith to love the least of these, to serve the least of these as if they were Christ himself, as our Lord Jesus Christ instructs us? Are we doing enough? Even though my life is dedicated to pro-life work and I head up a pro-life organization, I, I do you know different things, I ask myself, Lord, am I doing enough? How have I become complacent? Is my heart hardened? Am I not? Am I ignoring what you would have me to do? Because Christians have the responsibility to care and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And today, 
even at this very hour, our neighbor is in grave peril, our unborn brothers and sisters, because many of them are scheduled to be killed, and so we must come to their defense. I can sense the urgency in your voice, and as a believer myself, I need to be asking those hard questions about this issue. What am I doing to lovingly make a difference with this situation? If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution on KDUR, 91.9 and 93.9 FM here in Durango, and KDUR.org online, and we're interviewing Lila Rose of Live Action. Thanks for tuning in. So specifically, a lot of our listeners maybe have seen some of the videos, some of the undercover work that you've done, but for those that haven't, what exactly have you uncovered through your undercover sting operations? Live Action has been conducting undercover investigations for the past four years, and I've gotten to do some of these being an undercover actor. I've trained teams of undercover actors, and we've done all different variations of undercover projects, and our work has just begun. I mean, I've been a college student for the past three and a half years. I've been just recently graduated, and so now I've been able to devote myself to this full time. But we've discovered and we've documented a series of rampant abuse at institutional abortion chains like Planned Parenthood, which, by the way, is the biggest abortion chain in our country, and it's also an abortion chain that receives a third of its billion-dollar budget from the government. They're a group that is extremely powerful. They're committing over a fourth of all abortions, and they're also a group that is very politically active to promote abortion here in the United States and internationally. And so our investigations have documented Planned Parenthood clinics across the board collaborating with sex traffickers to get underage girls to secret abortions and get them powerful hormonal birth control to continue their sex slavery. We've documented sexual abuse cover-up where girls as young as 13, I posed as a 13-year-old and gone in, in undercover and said, you know, my boyfriend, he's twice my age, what do I do? And Planned Parenthood, even though they're a mandatory reporter for sexual abuse, has told our actors posing as a 13-year-old that they didn't care, they wouldn't tell anybody, that they wouldn't report the abuse. Planned Parenthood has done the willingness to collaborate with sex traffickers and demonstrated their cover-up of sexual abuse at 17 different clinics we've documented uh, nationwide. We've documented the medical misinformation that these clinics push on women. Planned Parenthood has a powerful public image of being pro-information and pro-choices for women, offering the, the choices and the information they need to live the lives they want to lead. But the reality is they're misinforming, misleading, coercing, manipulating women in their clinics. And we've documented the lies that they tell, lying about the risks of abortion, lying about the development of their unborn child, lying about the other options they have, manipulating them into choosing abortion through sales pitches and other very coercive counseling methods. We've documented how this organization lies about the services that they provide. Their executives on public television are reporting that the organization provides services that they do not in an attempt to justify their tax dollars. So we've investigated and we've exposed how they've lied about providing mammogram services, breast cancer screening through mammograms that they actually do not provide. None of their facilities do mammograms. They do abortion primarily, and they're lying publicly about providing services that they don't even provide. So we've documented this. We have these videos online. So there's a whole slew of investigative projects that we've done and we're continuing to do this work to demonstrate to the public, to legislators, to the media, that this is an organization that is highly abusive, corrupt, breaking the law on a regular basis, and lying about the activities and the services that they do and what they provide. 
My wife was just in Cambodia working to help with a ministry that is rescuing girls out of sex slavery, and the stories just broke my heart and my wife's also. We were shocked, and to hear that anybody in our country would be supporting that and enabling that is just insidious. And so what goes through your mind? What kind of emotions do you feel as you're uncovering these things? Well, I remember back in January 2011, it was a cold day in New Jersey. I was sitting in our rental car outside the Planned Parenthood Clinic, the second largest Planned Parenthood abortion clinic in New Jersey, and I was waiting for our investigators to come back in from the clinic. This was a team that I had trained that I was leading, and these investigators were posing as sex traffickers, like you just mentioned in Cambodia. And they're posing as sex traffickers. They're saying that their victims are 14 years old to the Planned Parenthood staffer. That was their scenario that they were going into the clinic with, and they were going to ask the Planned Parenthood staffer for resources for secret abortions for discounts. And so our investigators got back into the car. They had just been in, and I could see that they were very distraught. This is one of the first clinics that we visited for our sex trafficking investigation. And so I said, what happened? And I remember my heart also sinking as I heard them tell me that they talked to the manager of the Planned Parenthood Clinic and that she had told them, she had laughed about the sex trafficking. She had told them that she would provide discounts for the sex slaves to get secret abortions to continue their slavery. And she had even gone as far as recommending tactics that the sex traffickers could use to continue to sell the little girls after they had been hurt by a surgical abortion procedure. So I'll never forget that encounter that those investigators had because it was one of our first investigations we did of sex trafficking, but it just reminded me again, confirmed again, the complete lack of respect for human life in the abortion clinic, in the Planned Parenthood clinic, whether it's that unborn child that's going to be the victim of an abortion or it's that innocent, unprotected young girl, even if she's a victim of sex trafficking, that the clinic is only concerned about doing abortions on her and giving her powerful hormonal drugs instead of concerned about her well-being. And that's what we found again and again across the board in the abortion industry, and it's heartbreaking. This is an organization that does not care about women. It does not care about choices. It does not care about any of the things they claim to care about. It cares about doing and committing more abortions. And in that radical pro-abortion ideology, they have trampled on the protection and the safety of young, vulnerable girls. Unbelievable. I've heard people try to excuse some of that behavior caught on your tape, saying it's not widespread and it's only limited to the certain employees that were filmed. How do you answer that? Well, first of all, I say we have documented 17 clinics demonstrating willingness to assist sex traffickers and cover up severe sex abuse. So that's huge. And I have never been in a clinic where they haven't done something unethical, illegal, harmful, abusive. This is not that live action has the the manpower or we've been able to go to 800 clinics and we've only found 17. It's it's a sample size where it's pretty much every clinic does this abuse cover-up. The very first clinic I ever went to four years ago, the very first two clinics I ever investigated four years ago, immediately I found sex abuse cover-up in Los Angeles. So this is something that is so institutional and so widespread that our team literally walks into a clinic, we start the cameras rolling, we put up a scenario, and we see this. We see what you see when you watch the videos. So we're documenting what is widespread. We're documenting what is institutional. We're documenting what is the result of an organization that was founded on promoting abortion, promoting eugenics, promoting 
the population control theories that some people shouldn't be born, some people shouldn't conceive, and they're so radical and extreme in that promotion that they're willing to go as far as aiding and abetting sex traffickers. So where can our listeners see some of the videos that you've recorded so far? You can watch all of them online. They're on our website. Please visit. It's liveaction.org, liveaction.org. What would be the effect of defunding Planned Parenthood? You talked about this a bit a minute ago about some of the health services that they claim to provide. What would be the effect of defunding them? It would be huge. It's a necessary step to defund this organization as we fight to end abortion, to make abortion socially unthinkable. The end game for live action is to make abortion socially unthinkable, to inspire a generation to reverse the attack on human life and the disrespects for human life, including the disrespects for our own lives. Sometimes young people don't live the lives, whether it's a life of chastity or it's a life that is has meaning, they feel it has meaning, and they feel that life is worthwhile, that they're meant to live, that they were created to live. So that's our end game. Defunding Planned Parenthood is part of reaching that end game, because as long as abortion has government support, as long as they're receiving over $300 million a year, you know, we're a tiny organization compared to that, and the money that the pro-life movement has is very small compared to that. They're bolstered. They're able to keep their clinics open. They're able to keep their educational campaigns, as they call them, running in school systems to brainwash our young people. So we need to cut the funding out from underneath them so that we can reach more people with the truth about what they're really doing without having their multi-million dollar PR campaign and their abortion clinics open for business. Leading up to the personhood amendment here in Colorado last fall, we did a debate on the topic of abortion here at the campus. And almost instantly after the debate, I began getting threats of lawsuits and a ton of pressure about the information that we had shared. I started receiving hate mail and heard a lot of gossip going around town from very public people about the stand that we took. If we face that after a single debate, the question that comes to my mind is what do you face on a daily basis and how do you keep going in spite of it? Well, I mean, there certainly are attacks. I've been threatened to be sued. My life has been threatened. You know, our organization gets our share of hate mail. But at the end of the day, we get a lot more support than we get negative messages. I just think we are so blessed and protected. I survived abortion. My team and our young people that are alive today, we've survived abortion. We're not in danger of being killed by abortion. We're not in, we're not in danger of being killed. Laws are built to protect us. We're people under the law. We have personhood. <laughs> We're protected. The danger that we face compared to the danger of unborn brothers and sisters is so minimal. It's almost nothing. And we are so blessed in other areas. We have food. We have a house, a roof over our heads. We have an educational system that, you know, we have opportunities to be educated. There's so many gifts that we have as Americans and as young people. So we think that the little persecution that we face should not hinder us. It should only inspire us to fight more. So you mentioned personhood. What role do you think the personhood movement will play in the fight for life? It's huge. Personhood is necessary. Ultimately, a human life amendment to the U.S. Constitution is necessary for the protection of our unborn brothers and sisters. And what I love most about the personhood movement, besides, of course, the end game politically and legally, which is to protect all human beings as persons under the law, is that it's an effort as well to educate and to inform to form the minds of our young people particularly so that they can recognize the concept that all people, all human beings are people necessarily, that by our very human nature to be human is enough. To be human should grant us protection in any society by any legal system. And that message of ultimate protection and respect for human life 
is what I'm excited about the personhood movement bringing to the table and the absolute debate about the protection of the human person, which is what they're pushing forward, I think is a necessary one, especially for our young people, so that they can 100% commit to the protection and to the respect of human life from its biological beginning until its natural death. So what would you tell someone in the audience being faced with an unplanned pregnancy who might be considering abortion right now? Well, I would first say that there are people that want to help you. I mean, I've never faced an unplanned pregnancy personally. I've had some friends who have, and I can only imagine some of the fear or the pressures that you might be facing. But I would say that there are people that want to help you. There are organizations. I know Lifeguard. I know your radio show would refer them to free and confidential resources in the area. And the other part, too, is that God loves you. He loves the child that you have. He will make a way. He will protect you. He will bring you all the help that you need. Trust him. Trust him and get the the help that you need because people are out there that want to help you, want to help you and your child, and there is a better way. Abortion is never going to ultimately solve the problem. It's going to be something that you would regret that would hurt you later on in life. The thing for you is to partner with people who want to help because there's people are out there and put your trust in God because he loves you and he is going to use this for your good ultimately and not to hurt you. And what would you say to those that have had abortions that maybe are listening and they've had those abortions and they regret that? What would you say to them? Some of the people that are my biggest heroes are the ones that have had an abortion for whatever reason, and there are so many factors and pressures that go into those decisions that women may have made in their past. Some of my biggest heroes and inspirations are the women who are standing up and saying, I made that decision in my past, and I regret it, and I'm working to heal from it, and I'm accepting forgiveness for it, and I want to help other women not make the same decision. So I would say that those are some of our best allies in the pro-life movement. I look up to those women. I respect their courage. And at the end of the day, our God is a God of forgiveness. Our faith is one of forgiveness. That's the beauty of the gift of Jesus Christ to us. And I would just encourage them, if they're still suffering from the pain of that, that there are programs to help them go through, walk through the pain of it, so that they can heal from it, they can find freedom from it. And as God leads them, they can be a force in the lives of their friends or even beyond that to help other women be protected from that decision and protect their future unborn children from that decision as well. What would you say to all the pro-lifers that are riding the fence? How can they get involved? I would say first, if you are a Christian, get on your knees. Even if you're not a Christian, get on your knees <laughs> and ask God to direct you because he will. And I think that's fundamental. Putting our hearts out there before God and saying, I recognize this is a crisis and I want to be used for good. And I want to be used for love ultimately. And then secondly, begin to educate yourself. Get familiar with local efforts. Get familiar with pro-life arguments, pro-life facts. Get familiar with the situation that we're facing. Go on Live Action's website, liveaction.org. Learn more about it. And then begin to get involved. There's immediate ways like sharing pro-life materials through social media, talking to friends, getting involved in local pro-life organizations, praying outside abortion clinics, sidewalk counseling outside abortion clinics, signing online petitions, spreading around pro-life videos online, live actions videos online. We have a national pro-life magazine. We'll send you as many copies as you want for free, and it's developed particularly, very strategically, to be given out hand-to-hand distribution to people in churches, to high school, to college students, to people in neighborhoods. So you can use this as a, as a conversation starter to start educating people in your community. There's all kinds of things to do. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm-hmm. We need all hands on deck. Begin to get more involved. We need you in this movement. Where can our listeners find out more about you? I know you've shared your website a couple times, but let's hear it again. And any other sites that you'd like to refer us to? 
Thank you so much, uh, Nate. The website, again, is liveaction.org. You can watch our YouTube videos from there. Visit our blog. You can educate yourself through our blog. And then also, please, if you're on Facebook, connect with us there. We're trying to build the largest social media movement to saturate social media networks with the truth about abortion and about life. And that's at our Facebook, which is facebook.com front slash live action. Please get connected with us. Our Twitter is live action films. And our YouTube is also live action films. So please get connected with us online through Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, on our website. Sign up to get emails. There's a website, mercyprotest.com. Please sign the petition. Anything else you'd like to share before you leave? I just pray and hope that more and more people will continue to join this fight. This is a winning fight. Pray, get involved, be part of this battle for life, because this is not my battle, not lifeguard's battle only. This is not a pro-life activist battle here and there. This is the battle of every Christian, every American, every person of faith, every person with respect for human life, because we're living in a time of crisis, of great crises, and we need all people to join the fight for life. Thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for all you do, and we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. You too. See you later. If you're considering an abortion today, there is hope. Please call Lifeguard at 970-385-8451. You could also call the Durango Pregnancy Center at 970-247-5559. Dan at Lifeguard and Val at the Durango Pregnancy Center, we thank God for you and all you do. No matter who you are today, Jesus loves you. No matter who you are or where you've come from or what you've done, He loves you today, and he stands with arms outstretched, waiting for you to run to him and to begin a relationship with him. If you'd like to visit a church this morning, check out Calvary Chapel. They meet at the Gaslight Theater next to the train station. They'll be meeting this morning at 9.30 a.m. You can get all our previous shows at eternityimpact.blogspot.com. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a great Sunday.